When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitchWills.com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today it is April 10th, and yes, we're going to talk about baseball. Chris Bubich, what a guy, huh? What a guy. He went six innings, zero earned runs, two hits, zero walks, and nine strikeouts yesterday. He had 19 whiffs. He had a 43% CSW. That is a golden goal as he led in both whiffs and in CSW rate yesterday among all starting pitchers across 76 pitches. It, oh, there, there's so much to like here. 19 out of 23 strikes on the changeup is insane. His fastball velocity was 93 to 94 last time. It was flirting with 93, not quite there, but still good. 37% CSW and 7 whiffs. He elevated most of it. Everyone's asking, oh boy, is it Bubich season? Is this the breakout that we want? I think there is something else, though, that he needs to do. Uh, he doesn't quite have the ability of locating his secondaries down yet. And I don't know if the velocity is going to stick as it is. It was higher in the first start. It came back down here. We've seen in the past Bubich throw 92 all of a sudden in a game and then go down to 90-91 the one after. It is not a given here. And generally I have the rule of first is an exception, second is a suggestion, and third is confirmation. We've only seen two starts so far from Bubich. So we generally see with PLV that because it's both stuff and its location combined, uh, that 275 pitches is generally where it stabilizes, where it becomes less noise than, uh, and is more um, stable and productive when you're looking at it, which generally is a good rule of three to four starts of like, hey, this is actually something legitimate as opposed to just a blip, right? So I don't know yet. He gets Atlanta next. I don't necessarily want to start Bubich for that game. That's a very risky proposition. This could go south and everyone goes up. Oh, well, that was fun. We all just wasted our fab on this guy. So it's an interesting one to get into. The The one negative is that the winds are not going to be too high being in Kansas City, but it is a pitcher's park. I'm interested. It's not a bad spec ad because essentially if he does well against Atlanta, you cannot get Chris Bubich if he's out there on the wire. So I'm all for grabbing him and not necessarily starting him against Atlanta. Just kind of wait and see. Um, so let's hope that this sticks and I hope that that change stays down and the fastball velocity is still comfortably over 92 miles per hour for Chris Bubich. Hunter Brown pitched much better, 7 innings, 0 and runs, 7 Ks. He went 70% sliders and curveballs. Think about that. We were we were comparing Brown to Verlander because of the fastball and stuff. And like, no, 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 no. Not the case. He doesn't really get whiffs with his fastball. It's all about sliders and curves here. And that's cool. I... It's a weird impression of Lance McCullers in this way, but he's not getting all the whiffs with them. It's it's strange. I think it works, and I really do like Hunter Brown in his situation. I think you just you don't get rid of Hunter Brown. Like things are good there, obviously. Drew Rasmussen, eight strikeouts and seven innings, zero runs, one hit, zero walks. Oh boy. It's the athletics though. I'm curious when bad sorry, when good offenses are coming, how well he's going to perform. But man, this is fun. The cutter, ten out of thirty three whiffs, forty five percent CSW. 
Oh, Drew Rasmussen. I really hope this is real. Um, Johan Aviedo did well. 5Ks, 0 and run, 6.2 innings, 5 hits, 0 walks against the White Sox. He's a bit of a cherry bomb. 18 whiffs overall. Uh, it's a better curveball. His fastball wasn't located down the heart of the plate. It was still poorly commanded. Um, he's also on the Pirates, which doesn't help. He gets the Cardinals and Coors next. You don't need to do Aviedo, but he's a guy that, like, it's a desperate weekend and you need something. Aviedo is always a chance to perform at this level. I just think the overall command is not there yet. I do like the fact that he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to throw tons of breakers. And that's really cool. I dig this. Um, Seth Lugo, six innings, one and run, five hits, four walks, five Ks. He's clearly the one to get instead of Nick Martinez at the moment. I think he's a little bit safer. I think he's just generally a better command and, and battles better at the moment than Nick Martinez. He did this against Atlanta. The slider just went one for 10 CSW, only 40% strikes. And I think like, that is the difference between four walks and maybe one or two, having a secondary pitch that you can trust more to get a strike with. That's overtime. It's a new slider for him. And uh, I think over time, you're going to like this. He also threw 109 pitches. I love the fact uh, that he's throwing 100 plus pitches. That means he's going to go six often, which means he's going to have a lot of win chances. And well, you know, he got the win here against Atlanta. So we keep going with Seth Lugo. I think this is someone that everyone's going to be like at the end of the year, kind of could be like the Miles Michaelis situation. Merrill Kelly of last year is like Seth Lugo. That's what we're looking at right now. You hold on to Seth Lugo. Um, Anthony Descafani doing great against Kansas City. Every other year, Descafani does well, right? 6.1 innings, 100 run, 3 at 0, 7 Ks. It was against Kansas City. He gets the Tigers next. He gets, so we just keep going with Anthony Descafani. George Kirby, much better in this one. 6 innings, 100 run, only 4 Ks. The secondary stuff is not getting whiffs. And I think we just kind of need to say like, all right, this is who George Kirby is. He's probably going to be like a 23 or 24% K rate. Until further notice. The forcing were still really good. It's a good win chance. You like him. He's just not really, I think, a top 20, top 25 pitcher until the strikeout rate changes. And the secondaries change, really. Um, Michael Kopech in a much better start against the Pirates. Six innings, one and run, two hits, three walks, and five Ks. Fastball velocity is up to 96 now. Good. It's not 94. And the slider was in the zone, and that's much better. So maybe it is actually him getting comfortable post-knee surgery, finally. It's possible. But he gets the Orioles and the Rays next and not the Pirates. And we've seen him also jump up in velocity before and then fall back down. And he's been a cherry bomb all through his day and volatile. And I don't trust this yet. Um, Freddie Peralta, six innings, seven Ks, seven base runners, one run. I, I was too low on, on Peralta in the preseason. I've said that before. Uh, he also threw 100 plus pitches, which is really nice. He will likely get hurt at some point. We know this about Freddie Peralta. The shoulders hurt him in the past. And that's really the, the negative. But the fact that he's healthy now gives, and you know, with every start, the injury, uh, the injury percentage goes down because there's just simply less time to get hurt. So Freddie Peralta, if you have him right now, um, good job, good job. Cutter Crawford, he's likely out of the rotation now with Garrett Whitlock coming back. Um, five innings, one and run, five hits, zero walks, six Ks. I'm glad he did well against the Tigers. Good for him, but yeah, we're not going with this. Um, Zach Plesac, much better this time against the Mariners. Seven innings, two and runs, five hits. One walk, six Ks. Uh, much different Plesak. Why? 53% sliders. Like, he, he just went in and was like, you know what? I'm I'm done with this. And I'm just going to throw my best pitch as much as possible. His heater down to 35% is kind of wild. I think it shocked the Mariners here. He does get the Marlins and the Nationals. Kind of. Uh, that is a very interesting stream. For both of those. 
for Plesak. He's thrown over 50% sliders. That slider is his best pitch by far. The fastball isn't good. The changeup hasn't been as good as 2020 for ages. But still, that might be worthwhile. Just something to consider there in deeper leagues. 12-teamers, I don't really think you need to do it. But hey, over the weekend, if you're saying, oh no, I need a start, Plesak might be the one against Miami. I mean, he threw 91 pitches in this. Seven innings. John Gray against the Cubs. 5.2 innings, two and run, sixes, three walks, four Ks. I don't really buy into Gray right now. I don't think the fastball is that good. The slider only returned three whiffs. I, I, I'm I not really in on John Gray at the moment. Nestor Cortez against the Orioles. It's fine. I think he can be better with the fastball. But he got a win. 5.1 innings, two and runs, four hits, two walks, five Ks. 90 plus pitches. I think everything's good to go. He just needs to improve a little bit with the command and the fastball. And that's just a little bit worse than we saw last year. But I think he can get back to that with more time on the bump. Braxton Garrett, we don't really care about. I know he had 7Ks, and but it was 10 base runners in 4.2 innings. Slider had a good uh, CSW, 44%, with 8 whiffs. Uh, it's just, I, I think he's more about the matchup dependent. And I don't really want to trust that with Braxton Garrett. We saw that last year with the slider doing well. But I don't really believe in this moving forward. And we have a lot of other guys to talk about, of course, today in tomorrow's streamers. We're going to talk about all of those guys after this break. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Matthew Boyd, 4.2 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 4 walks, 4 Ks. His fastball velocity was down to 91. The slider just returned 2 whiffs. He did strike out the side in the first and then just got a little bit worse. He's close still. If he gets his velocity back up to 92 and the slider is getting whiffs again, then cool, I'm really in on Matthew Boyd, but... Uh, he does get the Giants decks. That might be kind of one of those, like, all right, maybe that was just a bad start. We'll wait and see from the Giants. Maybe we just go with that. Tywin Walker against the Reds. 4.2 innings, turned runs, three hits, five walks, and five Ks. He's down to 92.6. Tywin Walker, you can't, you can't be 92, 93. You just, you just can't do it. I don't want to, I don't want to start Tywin Walker. Ryan Nelson, uh, gave you a poor quality start with three Ks and got you the win. Just one whip. That's pretty good. His heater did all the work here. Um, about 70% usage, and his secondary pitches, all of them, across all of them, only 12 for 30 strikes, that's sub 50%, what, Ryan Nelson, you can't do that, you got away with it here, but oh my, Ugh, he, he, he does get the Marlins next, and that should be fine, but uh, mm, that that that's that's yeah. Mm. Jameson Tyone five innings, four and runs, six hits, will walk seven Ks against the Raiders. Glad to see the whiffs back. He's he's leaning more into the breaking balls right at the moment. I feel like there's still room to grow here for Tyone as he gets more and more comfortable throwing those secondary pitches. Um, only five whiffs across this one. So I I I I don't like the next start for Tyone against the Dodgers, but he does get the Athletics and Marlins after that. And they were like, okay, yeah, that, that's good. 
we should be really, really happy with those two starts. And hopefully by then, he's finding the rhythm of all of this stuff. So that's, that's really the case right now. I don't think too many are in a Tyone, so like, you can probably get away with dropping Tyone against the Dodgers and then picking him back up after. But, you know, if maybe not. Maybe you, you got to just kind of hold on through the Dodgers and then go through it all. Um, Felton there, no way. Woodford, the Amish Mustang, absolutely not. I just want Matthew Libertor to show up, please. Tyler Malley went against Houston, and he was a little bit worse. His fastball was down a tick uh, to 93 instead of 94. I, I hope he's okay. I hope he's all right. He's got the Yankees and the Red Sox next. The slider was a little bit better. Please tell me that that first star wasn't just like adrenaline and you actually are 94. Please. Tyler Wells did actually all right against the Yankees. It was four and runs and six innings, but six hits, zero walks, six Ks. Cutter was good. The 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 curveball got 57% cold strikes. That's really cool. I don't know if I really want to chase him against the White Sox, but the Tigers are after that. Tyler Wells could be actually something of interest here. He's at 89 pitches. That's kind of cool. Reed Detmers went against the, the Jays and it was good for five innings. And then the sixth, with no one runs, just a bad inning to start. He, he walked first batter uh, 0-2 to 3-2 to, you know, walked him after starting 0-2 is what I should say. And then a change of but 0-2 down, out of the zone. Bichette grounded through the, the infield for a base hit. He hit Vlad Guerrero in the toe with a curveball. And then he threw a bad fastball to Matt Chapman, who hit out of the yard. Oh, so close. So, so close. So we added three base runners and four end runs in that final inning. Ah, Reed Demers is, is like right there. He has this stuff now, and it's just polish for him to really get into that legitimate stretch. You know, and it's one of those situations where I'm happy to see Reed Demers being put in these situations. He could have been pulled, and they said, you know what? No, we're going to let you battle through this. And what is development if not failure, right? Without failure, I should say. So, he needs to have these moments, so hopefully the next time he's in them, he's going to be better. But it's thanks for your fantasy teams. You know, I get it. Trust me. <laughs> um, I'm still in on Detmers here, given how good this stuff is. So, we're going to keep going. Connor Overton, no way. Chad Cool, Carlos Carrasco, get, move on. The fastball is bad. Yusuke uh, Kikuchi did poorly, and we don't want to do that. James Caprillion's too wild. Michael Grove, 900 runs, and... Yeah, he's just not doing it. And I was really hoping the fast one would be as hittable as it is, but it is. And that's it. You might want to stash Gavin Stone because I don't know if the Dodgers are going to go with Michael Grove and how long is Papillo going to be out for. And the next one is Gavin Stone. Uh, it might be Stone soon. Just something to think about there because Gavin Stone is someone you absolutely want to roster. Uh, it might actually be a case of like, there are a lot of guys at the end of your 12 team who's like, should we go for this thing or that thing? You might just want Gavin Stone to just wait a week. <laughs> that might be the case here. And Dylan Dodd against the Padres did not do well. Uh, slider was not going inside of right-handers like we saw before. It's really annoying. Between Dodd and Schuster, it feels like Dodd is still in the rotation. Schuster might be out with Kyle Wright returning. Um, and I'm not going to hold on to them too tightly. I'm fine with dropping both of them. Uh, but I could see Dodd, if he gets the opportunity to really fight, like, he can actually pull this off. But, yeah, we just don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get. And it's very risky starting them right now. All right, looking forward to today's games. In my top tier, they're all these aces. Alcantara, Castillo, Urias, uh, Valdez, Cease, Scherzer, Darvish, Bieber, Webb, Gallon. Just start them all. Yes, Webb against the Dodgers. Yes, we're doing that. Probable start tier, we're going with Maeda. We're going with Heaney against the Royals. Stream pick of the day is Kyle Gibson against the Athletics. I feel like that's a pretty good one. 
Also of consideration, the quest will start here is Jose Suarez against the Nationals. There's Domingo Herman, uh, Bryce Elder, uh, Graham Ashcraft. Uh, really the top three there. Suarez, Herman, Elder is a tier above, I think, of Ashcraft against Atlanta, Pavetta against the Rays, Miley against Arizona. Then you have Steven Matz in Coors, but Matz could do it. Um, Granky against Texas and JP Sears against the Orioles. Sears is kind of interesting there. We haven't really seen him do it yet this year. Didn't do well in his first start, but the slider is good, and it's in Camden that could work out. And then there's Matt Strom against the Marlins, and that's kind of interesting. I just don't know how many innings he's going to go, because he was only at 60 and change last time, and it just doesn't feel like he's doing enough, but I'm kind of curious about that. And the Royalty Contreras, I don't want to do. Drew Smiley, I don't want to do. Those are tough matchups, and I just don't feel like they're doing enough right now. Josh Fleming is going to have an opener um, with Jalen Beeks. And maybe he sneaks a win against the Red Sox, but I feel like he's not a good enough pitcher. I just don't want to do it anyway. And the Marquez and Corbin, no way. Um, now, tomorrow's starters, tons of aces again. DeGrom, Cole, Otani, McClanahan, Javier, Burns, Nola, Luzardo, Lopez, Mano- uh, Manoa. You're starting all of these. I don't care what order you want them to be in. Just start them, okay? Cool, great. Dustin May is also there against the Giants. I feel like if you have Dustin May, you're doing this. In the probable start tier, I was tempted to put Grayson Rodriguez in there too, but he didn't do so well the first one. I understand if someone just wants to wait and see, but he gets the athletics like start Grayson Rodriguez. Lancelin is also in the probable start tier as he goes against my uh, the Marlins. <laughs> nope, the Minnesota Twins. I'm so sorry. I uh, I feel like Lancelin's last start is not indicative of who he is. He has those from time to time. The Twins aren't so scary at the moment. I think you're going to be starting Lancelin if you have him. In the questionable start tier, attempted to even put Merrill Kelly into the probable start tier against the Brewers, but they can be a little bit dangerous, and sure, I'll just put that Toby here in the questionable start tier. Hayden Wisniewski against the Mariners, I think he's going to be better this time, but he's still questionable. We haven't really seen Wisniewski get into that rhythm yet. Kyle Wright is returning from the IL, and he hosts the Reds, which is a good situation to be in. I also feel like this is more of a lead-up as opposed to his typical still ill because he just hasn't made his debut yet this year. And Atlanta feels like they just wanted to saw him a little bit longer and he's come back from rehab. Like, it's a different scenario than hitting the IL in season and then coming back. That's how I see it a little bit. So I have him in the questionable start here. But honestly, I'm fine with you just not starting Kyle Wright in this one. Chris Flexen is our stream pick of the day against the Cubs. I don't like this, but I got to pick somebody. And he's the highest ranked one I have. So it's the Cubs. He threw 90 pitches last time. Flexen could get a win here. Josiah Gray is interesting against the Angels. Angels are kind of hot right now offensively. And Josiah Gray is going breaker heavy, which is cool. But we really haven't seen him going on a good stretch yet. So, I mean, I know he just survived cores. But, like, can we? No. Kyle Muller also is kind of interesting against the Orioles. Um, I just think it's too risky because he hasn't really put together all of his repertoire. In the do not start tier, you have Jordan Lyles against Texas. Maybe that works. Whitlock is coming off the IL, but he gets the Rays as opposed to Wright getting the Reds. So I fe- I figure that one, probably not too many pitches, like 70 or something, and just still little that one. And then Mitch Keller, Hunter Gaddis could work out, but it's the Astros and Yankees respectively. Don't want to do those. David Peterson against the Padres. Don't want to do that. The Michaelis is in cores. Wood, Alex Wood gets the... Dodgers, Ryan Weathers gets the Mets. I don't believe that changeup is going to really be that good. Kyle Freeland is in cores and against the Cardinals. So, like, I know he's done really well the first two starts, but come on. And then Matt Manning and Luis Sessa against tough offenses. No way. But, all right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much 
for supporting the podcast and everything. I, I'll be back tomorrow, and I've got the list today and on the Corner Podcast later today. So that is it for today, but my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bounce be low and your strikeouts high.